Welcome to another episode of Off the Post Boston Sports with me, Brandon, and my partner, Carter. Episode 20 already, my friend. It feels like it was just yesterday. I was just talking about it with a couple of friends of mine. It's been uh, it's been a while. It has. Uh, COVID kind of delayed it to an extent, but uh, we got it rolling. Um, I wish it felt like yesterday because I wish I could go back a couple days and not see the Celtics drop game four like they did in that fashion. I wish the Celtics didn't drop any of the games the way they did in the exact same fashion. It's yeah, it, been, it's been bad. It's been great for large portions of the game, and then it's just been bad when it when it's had to be good. And I think the the most frustrating aspect of it is when we went down two to zero. You sit back and you look at both of those games, and the Celtics dominated for what a good three and a half quarters. I guess you could say. Yeah, and and the thing is, the points that they're giving away are self-inflicted. Correct. I mean, there's no reason when you have a 17-point a lead in the fourth quarter or anything to that extent, there, there's no point in taking a shot with 18 to 20 seconds left on the shot clock. I mean, it literally reminds me of Atlanta Falcons football in the Super Bowl, but with Celtics basketball. Use that clock to your advantage. Run that shot clock down, take possessions away from them, and you're, that just will allow them not to come back. And it's like any time that the Heat take a three or make a three, you don't need to sprint down to the other end of the court and take a three as fast as possible to try and match it. That's not how you're going to win games because, it's A, it's panicky and it's, it's hasty. It's just not going to work. So when we went down 0-2, I talked with some friends, and I said, look, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes right back to 2-2 solely because of the fact that we were able to dominate those other games and shouldn't have lost them. But the reason we lost game four like we did is the amount of turnovers we had in the fourth quarter was just depressing. I mean, we would cut it to a three-point lead and then turn the ball over, turn the ball over, turn the ball over, and now you're down by eight. You're trying to throw up, to your point, threes to get back in the game. Almost like that, that game we lost where Jason Tatum took that outside shot with a tie game and missed it to go into overtime. Drive the hole. Drive the hole. Do what you're good at. Make, make a foul. Make a play. Not a step back three. That, that stuff, that's mind-boggling to me. And it's just interesting. You know, you look at this team and the skill is just so evident. It's right there. This, they, they're, they're a better basketball team than the Miami Heat. But I think the Miami Heat right now are A, in a groove, which is dangerous because they have guys that can shoot, as we can see, and B, the camaraderie is just there with them. I don't see the desire. I don't see the passion in the Celtics right now. I think I think that they know how talented they are, and I think that they believe that's what's – the talent alone is what's going to carry them past the Heat into the, into the finals where they – I would say talent-wise, they deserve to be in the finals. Coaching-wise, they deserve to be in the finals. But – but effort-wise, it's just not there. Do you put any of this on Brad Stevens? Because Brad Stevens has been, been getting a lot of backlash recently about the way he's coached the coach the team in this series. But yeah. for, I, I can't put this on Brad Stevens. You have to put some of it because there is a point where, as a coach, if you lose control of the team, then you're not doing a job as your coach. So, you know, you, you look at the, the outlash that they had um, a couple games ago, I can't remember exactly which game where you know things were being thrown in the locker room and and words were being were said. And you, as a coach, you know Brad Stevens, we all know, incredibly nice. I I don't see him 
ever, you know, getting at the referees where maybe he should or getting at his guys, digging deep, getting under their skin a little bit. He's not a gritty kind of coach to me, at least. I don't see – I think a little bit. I think he's he's lost a little bit of control of this team. And, uh, and you know, the personalities on the team like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward trying to maybe play peacemaker, the personalities are coming out and it's unraveling a little bit. And I have to put some of that on the coach. So I will agree with you on that. Um, when it comes to the arguments and the throwing stuff in the locker room, I've been in those locker room situations before. And if I am a coach, I don't mind that because I want to see these guys go at each other if they feel somebody's not putting in as much effort as another. So to an extent, it's kind of like those fights that you see in practices on football. Oh, yeah. Coaches like that. But on to your point, if you have lost the locker room and you can't control that, um, you're not going to be able to control the team if on the court if you can't control them in the locker room. So when they when they took game three and played just really good ball, I was like, see, here we go. We should be able to grab game four. I wouldn't be surprised if we rattle off four in a row. But now going into tonight, we're on an elimination game. I do not see the Boston Celtics losing tonight, but I don't see the Boston Celtics winning three in a row. I was saying that exact same thing. I, You know, the Celtics absolutely have the talent to beat the Miami Heat, and we proved that in game three. The thing is, the Miami Heat don't strike me as a team that is going to lose three in a row. They've only lost one game in this postseason, if I am correct. And I think you are. That's playing against the Milwaukee Bucks as well. That's getting it through a series with them with only one loss. So I don't, I think the Celtics dug themselves a hole and and forgot to bring a ladder to get themselves out. It's just not, it it may be too little too late. I don't want to say it because I want to have faith and I want to believe in this team because they're absolutely skilled enough to win three games in a row. Yeah. But the Miami Heat might be too skilled to lose three games in a row. And I told somebody the other day, we would have been even more screwed if COVID didn't happen due to the fact that if we would have dropped two in Boston, like we did those first two games and had to travel to Miami to win two more. Yeah. I don't know if we, I don't know if we would have even got a game out of the series. No, I don't know. I mean, you, you could play, you could yeah, play you, devil's yeah. advocate and say, well, would Miami have won the first two games in Boston? You don't know. But if it was that scenario, we would not be sitting here for a game five. We would be talking about the off season. Yeah, and, you know, we could play the what-if game forever and throw hypotheticals out the window if you want to, but we're, we're at where we're at, and we have to analyze what the potential outcomes could be because, sure, the Celtics could rally together and, and win a very, very big game here, but then they have to win every game from, from this point on is a big game. And so take that to account. You know, I, I don't want to look too far ahead because we have no idea what tonight's going to be. But say the, say the 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 Lakers get a win and they're they're onto the they're onto the they're onto the uh, the finals and they get rest while they watch the Celtics and the Heat grind out a very tiring series. I agree, and I mean sometimes we talk about it before. Sometimes rest can be a good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing. But a, a Lakers team with that talent and people listening can call me a homer or whatever they want. I think the only chance of the Lakers not winning the championship is if the Celtics do make it because I don't think the Heat match up to the Lakers whatsoever. I'm calling – if that happens, I'm calling another five-game series, and that's a wrap. Yeah, and then you know, I'm not going to go too far into it because we're way ahead of ourselves right now. So Agreed. But speaking way ahead of ourselves, I saw a T-shirt the other day, so I can't take ownership of this name, but uh, 
my new name that I will continue to call him for a long time so far is Mr. Cam New Tom. New Tom. That's with a T-O-M. Cam Newton, baby. Unbelievable. I had my worries. I don't want to say I had my doubts. We're only two games in. But the drive, the passion, the leadership, and this just the devotion of learning the Patriots playbook, I'm sold right now. Buy me a one, one-way one ticket to Foxborough, and I'm staying. I want to be as optimistic as you are. I also want to be cautious because two games is two games. Two weeks is two weeks. Now we're seeing some injuries. We got David Andrews with a broken thumb. Yep. Had surgery on it. It's going to be out a couple weeks. We got Isaiah Wynn with a calf, Julian Edelman's knee. I, um, Nikhil Harry's got an ankle. So, you know, so when I, we, when I, moving forward, I, I, wanted, I do want to talk about Cam because that's what Cam Newton is like when he's healthy. That's what his, his completion percentage was upwards of 70%, and that's what, it was, that's what it was around when he was healthy in Carolina. That drive at the end of the game, I texted you. I, I, I yeah. admittedly, I admittedly said that I, I thought that this that game was over. And, and you uh, did, and I, I got it in writing. That. I got it in writing, guys. So if you want to see it, just let us know, and I'll be, I'll be glad to post it. Sure. <laughs> but what I also said in that text was that's not that's not a loss I'm upset with. So the thing is, I put that I put the last I put that 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 losing last play on McDaniels and, and, and Belichick because I think they got a little lazy. I think they got anxious. I think they got excited about the drive. I think there might have been a little bit of sliver of doubt in their minds and, and the fact that they got down to the one-yard line or the two-yard line. I forget where it was. I'm like, oh, my God, we might have this. I think they got a little angsty. And so they decided I will... to run a play that not only had the Seahawks stuffed twice before, it had worked earlier in the game, yeah, but the last two times they had run it, the Seahawks stuffed it, and I think Josh Josh McDaniels just made a bad call. Yeah, no, I'm putting that entire ending of that game on Josh McDaniels. So yes, it did work three times when Cam ran it in twice and then dumped dumped the pass off. But you at, at the one yard line, you cannot play a you cannot call a play that only has one ending to it, and that was that hole being filled, which it was filled. I'm a firm believer you line up in that same formation to give them the look that you're going to run the same play that you've consistently ran at the goal line. You roll Cam out of the pocket. You have a running back running down, running down the goal line. And then you have a tight end doing a corner route or a drag route. And you have Jules on the backside. Like you give Cam multiple options to roll out, to run, to have a couple receivers. You don't stack the box or you don't allow the defense to stat the box and literally run right into it. Josh, bad move. We took an L for it. That's all on you, Josh. And the thing is, Cam Newton, as we saw in Carolina, he's, he's a big guy. He's, he loves to jump over the pile, jump over the top, and extend that ball to see if he can get it in the goal line. But, you know, coming into New England, where that's a big no-no, as, as I discussed with Bob Sosi, you don't you – don't, you don't, make that ball available to be stripped out of your hands. You don't, because otherwise, you know, you still get, you know, you get, you get what happened to Nikhil Harry. That ball's fumbled through the end zone and it's, it's Seattle ball on the, on the 20, but you do not expose the ball in New England. And I think that's what, one of the reasons why we didn't see Cam Newton try and jump over the top and extend the ball. Agreed. And I don't think, and you can't, 
I'm, I'm just a firm believer. If you line up in shotgun on the goal line, you're either under center and you're bashing it up the middle with a fullback or a QB dive or sneak in the middle. If you're lining up in shotgun, don't call a solo running play at the one-yard line. You can't do it, Josh. Like, And that's that concerns me with him because now he has an open playbook. And I've said it before, and I don't know if we've discussed it, but right now, this offense, based off of the lack of weapons we have, is a better offense with Cam Newton rather than Tom Brady because there is more that can be done in this playbook. Absolutely. And you see the mechanics that that Cam Newton's been working on. You look at game one against the Dolphins, three balls batted down at the line. I think there was one that was maybe tipped at the line with Seattle. I think that's 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 coaching right there. That's that's McDaniel's working with Cam on his mechanics, making sure his shoulders are level and his feet are set. And you saw Cam sling the ball downfield to Edelman, to to Bird, who we to no completions in game one. Bird was a huge factor against against the Seahawks. You got Edelman, you got Harry. He's spreading the ball out to all the different receivers that we have, regardless of of whether they're a rookie, whether they only have eight games under the belt, whether they have two games under the belt. He has no problem throwing it to Izzo, who's who's made catches when he's had to. It's it's so that, it's a very very different quarterback situation than we saw with Tom Brady, who who threw with Nikhil Harry for 15 minutes in his backyard when he signed with the New England Patriots and decided that he was a crap wide, decided that he was a bad wide receiver. Yes, and to your point, so living in North Carolina for the years that I've had. Cam Newton's just had bad throwing mechanics. He was very well known for overthrowing the football by throwing off of his back foot and not being able to step into a pass. We're two games into the season, still early, but his mechanics are, I don't even want to give a percentage. They're way better than what they were while he was here in Carolina. So he, he is getting the coaching that is needed. And to your point, so Edelman had 149 yards receiving. Most he has ever had in one game in his entire career. So, Mark, that, that's just weird to even say, having Tom Brady as his quarterback and his go-to for X amount of years. But to your point, Brady even said it on a radio show last year. He did not feel comfortable throwing the balls to the rookies, so he was not going to throw the balls to the rookies. Now you have Cam Newton just feeding everybody. And that was the first game, Carter, in a long time that we've lost lost closely, and I've sat back without being angry and saying, you know what? We will compete this year. Knock no injuries like, like you stated earlier. We can compete not only for the division, but a strong playoff run with the team that we have now, barring any severe injuries. Now, I think, I think we can well, – it'll be interesting to see – I don't know who the backup center is for the Patriots. I don't right now. I'll be honest. But – David Andrews is such a staple in that offensive line. He's so crucial to the rhythm, understanding the playbook, and directing where directing traffic for, for his offensive line partners. I don't know who – because Ted Karras last year, granted, stepped in and did a good job. Now he did. Now he's with the Dolphins. But looking at how Cam – looking at how, how willing Cam is to work, to work with every single one of his teammates, I am – Hopeful, I'm hopeful that there's not going to be a drop-off in performance by the offensive line and with communication with the quarterback. But you look at – you take you take that into account. You take 
that Edelman's already getting pummeled into account. I it'll be interesting because the Patriots have a tough schedule. They got they got the Raiders coming up. I have no idea. I have no read on the Raiders. They should be okay. John Gruden's a great coach. But you know, I there's there's a lot of question marks right now for me. Um a lot of question marks. Then after the after this week we got the Chiefs next week, which uh they should have lost last week, but that's irrelevant. The Chiefs will be the Chiefs. Um, if we can come out of this two and if we can come out of this these next two games with a two and two record, I will not be upset with that. If we come out no. one and three, I'm gonna be very concerned because it's gonna be a huge uphill battle. The Bills don't look like they're slowing down at all, but until the Bills carry a full season of success, they don't concern me because they find a way to trip over their own self all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I know again, to your point, we're two games in, I do love what we see, um, barring any injuries. I, I think we're going to be all right. Um, speaking of barring any injuries, um, there, there's no reason to even talk baseball right now. Um, I hate to say no. it, guys. Season's over. Season's yeah. over. Season's Don't over. Care. It's Move shortened. On. Everybody who's quote-unquote injured, I think a couple guys were put on IR just to stop playing and be ready for next year. Um, I would lie to you. I'm always going to support our teams, Boston through and through. I don't think I've watched more than five innings of Red Sox baseball. Uh, no. It's just bad. Uh, the Bruins, we got a lot of free agency talk coming up. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, some cool news before Carter really jumps into free agency. Uh, Kevin Miller was on the ice today. He had Bruins practice gear on. He did have his uh, child with him. But uh, he posted on Instagram and said it was a great day at the rink. Um, I hope he is healthy. I hope he's getting better because I don't want to see his career end like as. Kevin Miller is such a warrior in everything that he does. And I actually did have the pleasure of running into him. Uh, about a year ago, maybe a year, uh, year and a half ago, uh, at a Red Sox game, he was with his family. Um, but he, he stopped, chatted for a minute, and I just had to tell him that I and the, and the rest of the Bruins nation not only noticed but cannot put into words how much we appreciate the work that he's put in. Uh, you know, you, you break your kneecap, A, out, <laughs> and B – you break your your second kneecap rehabbing and just and to have the wherewithal to not where you could very easily call it a career to not give up and to try and push yourself along with supporting your teammates is just it, it, you, you have to you have to think. and with that being said big shout out to the Bruins organization and they've always been good with it they did it with Savard's contract and made, <clears throat> made sure he got paid. And now the fact that they continue to keep him on the roster and make sure that he's getting paid, huge shout-out to the Bruins organization for even doing that because a lot of teams would cut their cut their losses and say thanks but no thanks and keep it moving. And, you know, you I think you could look at the growth that Kevin Miller has had when his time with Boston. At first, he was a very physical guy but couldn't really skate, couldn't really, didn't really read the boards very well. And then all of a sudden he makes this massive jump, can skate incredibly well, is completing all of his passes and is still a physical factor without being reckless. Now, 
Speaking of free agency, I want you to make a bold prediction. Does Tory Krug come back or no? The fan in me says yes. The analyst in me says no. I think Tory has made it abundantly clear that he wants uh, the money that he does deserve. I don't, but but the Bruins my... at the same time at the same time the Bruins are kind of in a salary cap crunch right now and don't need another offensive forward. I mean, excuse me, offensive. Defensive. But do you think he? Do you think he's owed more than McAvoy? Do you think he's really worth eight to nine million a year? I think the intangibles that he brings, not only on the power play, but uh, leadership-wise as well. I think you. I think yeah. I think McAvoy is a long-term, promising, incredibly promising young talent. He's huge. He's physical. He's fast. He's smart. He does also have a lot to learn. At the same time. You look at what Krug has brought to this franchise over his entire career, and I think at some point you look at it's sort of like the hometown discount that Bergeron's taken, that Krejci's taken, and he's he's still got a long way to go in his career. And you look at Krejci and Bergeron; they're older guys now; they're in their thirties. I think Krug wants to avoid that situation where he's not playing at an incredibly high level for his entire career and not getting his. Well, I'll tell you this, the fan in me wants Krug gone. And the reason I say that, the lack of, I don't want to use the word play, but the lack of effort that I think I saw from him compared to others through these recent playoffs. Now, granted, I'll give him slack. I'll give any player slack due to the point that they were in a bubble and it was different and difficult for him. But he did not look like he was putting effort in on a day-to-day basis during those games. It's like you could see it. It was not the crew that you saw during the Stanley Cup Finals last season at all. And I don't know what the cause of that was. See, what I think was – see, I think was – I think we saw tired Bruins. I think we did. I think it's – I think there's – you know, you and I both know very well that guys prepare differently mentally and physically for whatever situation they're going into. There's some guys that can get up and go on a dime, and there's some guys that take a little while to get motivated. There's some guys that need that outside help to get motivated. And when you don't have fans, when you're not near your family, when you can't be with your wife or your fiance or your girlfriend, it's 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 a whole different world, and you you need to draw from within when you haven't done that since you were maybe in high school. It's not, and even then, you had your family by your side. I think there's people that mentally we just won't understand how they operate, and I think that played a factor into not only Tory Krug's situation in the bubble, but a lot of other different guys. In the Agreed. Um, I talked to Julie Grizzlick a few times and she said it, it just, it, it was hard for all of them. And that was the frustrating aspect I had when I did see a lot of people bashing the type of play and, Oh, they're getting paid money and this and this they're in a bubble. They're away from their families. I won't even get into it that much in depth because me and you have beat that thing like a dead horse, but it was different for him. It was difficult. Um, the season did not end like we wanted. Um, I don't like seeing people say the window has closed because I still think the window is open. I will be more than happy to see Char take another one-year deal and come back because his off-ice presence in the locker room and in practice is worth another year of him being on the team, even if he is skating a little slow. 
Do you see him coming in more as a coaching role? I think that after he ends another year. Um, I think once he does announce retirement, which he's already come out and said he wants to be a Bruin again next year and wants to play yep. again. So he has, he has said that. I think he will take whatever contract the Bruins throw at him, even if they're like, hey, we're going to give you a smaller one than last year. I think he'll accept whatever it is. But I do think after that, he will come on board as a coach somehow, some way, whether it's a bench coach, practice coach, strength coach, um, assistant coach, whatever it is, he will be a part of the Bruins organization long time or long term. Um, if I have to throw the hypothetical at you, if the Bruins don't pick up his contract for another year, who do you see taking him? He retires. He retires. I think if the Bruins sit down with him and say that we just can't do this, I don't see Char leaving Boston for another team to play one more season. I don't. I don't see it like a Tom Brady at all. Because for Chara, it's not even a money situation. I think it's just I, – I think his heart is in Boston. It's not going to leave Boston. The fact that he basically told us going into last season that this was probably going to be his last year and he decided to play again, and now he's coming back saying he doesn't want to go out like that. If he's not in a Bruins uniform, I don't see him in a uniform at all. What about you? I got to agree. Awesome. That doesn't happen often, guys, but you heard it here on the 20th episode. We absolutely agreed on the exact same thing. Now, speaking about hockey, some great news. The Boston Pride were announced 2020 champions, even though they weren't able to finish out their season. So another banner was raised in Boston. Huge shout out to the ladies. And uh, Carter, you got some news coming up with one of them within the next week? Yeah, we got we got a, we got a lot of stuff to talk about on our 20th episode. But on our 21st, we're going to have our very first returning guest with Kaylee Fracken coming back. That is awesome. It's great. The, their organization has been great to us with uh, everybody speaking to us. Mallory, I talked to her the other day, and uh, she definitely wants to come back on and do an Instagram live Q&A. So if you guys are also available for that, we'll have that. But uh, as us on Off the Post Boston Sports, we, we definitely want to give a major shout out to them. Uh, they stay in communications with us. They want to do interviews. They want to do Instagram Live stuff. And uh, we just can't, can't thank them enough for that. And they raised the banner that some people want to put an asterisk next to them. But sorry, I'm saying it's well-deserved. If the team doesn't lose a game all season, then they weren't going to lose that last one either. Yeah, there's no chance. But I think that's all we do. You have anything else, Carter? Moving forward, we got uh, the Revs finally got a multi-goal game under their belt this season. Their first win in Foxborough for the uh, the augmented season. They went three to one against Montreal. The rookie Henry Kessler got his first professional goal and was on uh, Major League Soccer's team of the week. Well deserved, and he's he's definitely up for for rookie of the year in in, in Major League Soccer and. It, you know, I Major League Soccer came out with their, their or I should say FIFA came out with their with their rankings for the for the video game for each and every player. And uh, Matt Turner, the goalkeeper of the Revolution, uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the league, wasn't even in the top ten. And everyone took notice, uh, including myself. I I wrote uh, I I wrote to the league. I said, and I wrote to FIFA. I said, this is just you have to know how wrong this is. He's not even in the top ten, and he's one of the best in the league. And it's 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 widely agreed upon, but um, have they cha- have they changed the, the rating? Got, yeah, like I said, uh, you know it, it, it can up if you have 
you know, Xbox Live or, or PlayStation Live, uh, it can update as the season goes on, I think. Um, but, you know, it's it's the same way with, with you know, with Madden rankings. People are going to be upset about them, but, but at the end of the day, nobody really cares. But it's just a video game ranking. But I think it does do – it is a little bit uh, – it proves my point that I think the, the league doesn't really care about the revolution. Um, they have some of the most talented players in the league, and and, and they uh, they don't really pay attention to it. But Revs finally got three goals under their belt uh, at home, which is nice. Uh, they're currently, I think, sixth in the Eastern Conference, which is good heading into a playoff spot. The league did come out with the rest of the regular season, and, and they're going to continue with no fans for the time being. But the Revs are in good position to, to make the playoffs, and, and if they can get healthy and stay healthy, they should make a good playoff. I can't wait for that. As you know, I struggle even spelling the word soccer, but I am getting better at it. I have watched a couple MLS games in the last month or two. So Carter's getting me there, guys. It's getting me there. It's taking a little bit of time, but go Revs. I'm with you. Get into the playoffs and then go from there. I like it. I'm doing everything I can to make sure you guys stay engaged on Instagram as well, putting everything up on the stories and and uh, keeping you guys uh, aware of what's going on with the team. But uh, if I can turn, if I can get Brandon to watch a soccer game, I can get the rest of you to watch a soccer game. Maybe, so. just maybe, if they make the playoffs, me and you can do an Instagram live video while we're watching a game, and I can try and learn a little bit more from you at the same time. I, I knew you would. That. I was like, I, I got to present something to Carter that he will not be able to turn down, and that was it. I've been holding it in my pocket for a while, but they got to make the playoffs. So you guys make sure you watch them. And uh, Carter can put me put me to school on a live game one time right in front of you guys. So we're almost up to 400 fans, guys, followers. Um, the support has been tremendous, as always. Uh, sports has definitely picked back up, so we're trying to provide you guys more content. Um, once we get to 400, we'll try and do something really cool and uh, see if we can keep growing it. Carter, as always, enjoyed it. And uh, – Absolutely. And just to reiterate what Brandon said, even if it was one of you just coming back every week, two of you coming back every week, the fact that people want to listen to us is beyond me. But you guys keep coming back, so we're going to keep uh, And we're going to sign off like we always do. It's all sports, all Boston, all the time. It's off the post, Boston sports. You guys have a good night. See you. See you next week.